You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Episode 158, the Ocho of the Garage yeah. Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Drew and I are back, and this episode, as always, is brought to you by Drip Drop. Drip Drop RS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Dehydration has a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. This stuff is used by top hospitals across the country. And it's safe enough for everyday use and powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. It's Mm -hmm. used by athletes. It's used by firefighters. It's used by military members. It's used by garage guys. It's used by NASCAR fans. And now it's used by NFL fans. And eventually it's going to be used by the world because that's what we're doing here. And you can get started on that right now by going to dripdrop.com and using promo code garageguys20 at checkout. So do it and get the drip. Over under 400 people that would have been exposed to drip drop at Talladega had we been there. Oh my God. Over. Dude, we would have been, dri- we would have been dripping so hard. Like, dude, <laughs> like I had it all planned out for Dega. By the way, it was one of the saddest weeks last week, just not being in Talladega. Like it broke my heart, but, um, we'll but come like back stronger. That's it. That's it, baby. And, and we're already coming back stronger because as of Thursday, NASCAR has announced that it's back. NASCAR is back. We have a schedule set up, and we're going to be talking all about that schedule, DFS implications. Uh, We're going to be talking about just the sport in general. Um, Matt Kinsleth was named driver of the Chip Ganassi 42 Chevy Camaro. That was a huge upset. Everybody thought Ross Chastain was going to get that. We'll be discussing that. And, of course, Andy Dalton was cut. We all saw that coming, a little bit of NFL news. So we're going to be chatting a little bit about the future for him and the big hot hype right now is obviously the Patriots. So we'll let you do most of the talking for that one. And, um, and after that, uh, once we're finished talking about some of the new uh, sports updates, we got to go ahead and dig into episode three and four of the last dance, uh, the ESPN documentary on Michael Jordan and the 90s Chicago bulls epic stuff. So big pack show. Probably your um, favorite episodes. Just a sneak peek there. Just based oh, yeah. on who it was about. Cause I don't think they're I mean, all going to be about him. Rodman boy all day long, baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to get into discussion of that. So, uh, let's go ahead and and get into the hottest news of the day in our world. And in a lot of people's worlds, uh, basically in the sports world in general, we have a a sport, there's a sport and it's going to be live and it's not going to be a video game and it's going to be happening (laughs) a lot. Drew, where were you when NASCAR, said that they were coming back in May. I was on a meeting for work and immediately got distracted because I really wasn't paying attention to the meeting. So I just kind of dove into social media, went down a rabbit hole there and and started researching if fans were going to be allowed, even though I knew the answer was 99% no. Uh, I just went ahead and researched that and then obviously looked up the location. And um, we have a loyal uh, listener, one of my best friends that actually it's going to possibly be trying to go to that race, even though fans aren't allowed. So, um, 
super excited to have NASCAR back. I know UFC's coming back the weekend before, but officially the second sport coming back. So pumped about that. Yeah, it's it's huge. And it's so big, and we haven't seen this in a very long time. ESPN has an article out about it. So incredible. It's one of the top for ESPN, right? That's right. I know, like ever since like, you know, a couple years back when ESPN stopped covering it, maybe this will make them change their minds. Um, but luckily Fox has the exclusive rights, so read it and weep, you know, go jack off in your room to it because you had the real thing and now you decided you didn't want it anymore. So that's how we feel. Um, <laughs> they probably so yeah. saw Portnoy tweeting about it, so now they have to. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, oh, my God, they're, they're going to be us in like five years probably. Oh, we better <laughs> go ahead and, and secure this. It's like, dude, I've been watching some ESPN stuff, and it's just like it's just getting so much more like rip-offish to what they're doing over there. It's crazy. They're definitely getting desperate. Crazy times. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really crazy times, though, with NASCAR itself um, when it starts back because we're going to see a schedule unlike anything we've ever seen before. And I'm going to go ahead and let you know this. I'm excited about it and pumped about it. I know it's going to be a grind, and you know me. I love to sweat when it comes to DFS and, and you know, put the work in and the time in. I know you do too. I know how much that me and you click with that and just our work. And I, so I know that we're, we're excited about it. We're about to be super busy. Yes, big time. Because the way it's set up is Sunday, May 17th, we're going to go racing at Darlington a 400-mile race that will be aired on Fox at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. And then Tuesday, the Xfinity Series at Darlington, a 200-mile race on FS1 at 8 o'clock at night. Wednesday, another cup race at Darlington, 500 kilometers on FS1 at 7.30 under the lights. Are these drivers going to have family time throughout the season? I think it's over. Like the it's family time's uh, over. I don't know what's going to happen after what they've announced. Right now, there are rumors swirling. There are some things that I have heard, um, and I know the things that me and you have discussed, um, where there's possibilities, and this isn't – don't hold us to any of this, but there are possibilities that we're going to see some races at a couple of tracks that are close around to the North Carolina, South Carolina area because I think that the main reason they're doing the, this the way they're doing it is they want to kind of keep it close to headquarters. They're not ready to really expand out into the country just yet with certain things going on in different states. So them keeping it kind of close to home helps. But, you know, we may end up seeing a race at Miami. We may see one at Martinsville. We could see one at Bristol. We could see one in Atlanta. So there's nothing set in stone there yet. Bob Pockers has talked about a little bit of stuff on Twitter like that today. So those are just some of the maybes that we'll get. Some Tennessee, Kentucky area, anything like that? Well, I mean, dude, like right right around there in the, in the, the good old NASCAR roots areas. So I think I'm going to be within driving distance of some of these races. Not going to lie. Yeah. Same here. So, I mean, I'm already like getting on like the email grind trying to see what we can work up. And of course, you know, Randy's really excited and, you know, Randy being like, you know, the number one NASCAR fan of all time, self-proclaimed, he said, he's got, he's got to be here. So we got to find a way to make this happen. Or I don't know what he might actually break his television. If I feel like if we don't get him to one of these races, like he might punch his TV and then there goes his business. TikTok's done. What are we going to do? He'll just buy another one. He's a baller. That's right. He is a baller. He'll bounce back. It ain't, ain't just another day to him. The dude literally has videos on right now of him taking a sledgehammer and beating his walls down. So yeah, if you didn't know how Randy was balling, now you know how he's balling. 
he just makes videos of breaking his walls and he just goes those money at to fix it rock and rolling baby garage guys way <laughs> um but after darlington um you know i mean that's that's a that's a packed out week sunday to wednesday right there in darlington alone then the next the following sunday on may 24th is when we go to charlotte for the charlotte 600 at 6 p.m eastern be aired on fox that monday may 25th an xfinity race at charlotte with 300 miles at 7:30. tuesday gander truck series at charlotte and then Wednesday, another Cup Series race at Charlotte. So, so four, four videos for me and you in 10 days, and then probably 16 articles amongst the – not just me and you, but we got a whole team to do articles, but four videos for me and you, right? Yeah, we're going to be – and we're going to be back up on YouTube on the Roto Baller page. So if you haven't yet, now's your time to go to rotoballer.com. You can use promo code GARAGEGUYS, and you can subscribe to the NASCAR Premium content. That's where you're going to get all of the insight – that you don't get here on this podcast uh, for these NASCAR races. That's where me and Drew really just, we spend a lot of time. Drew is racking up rankings um, weekly, now bi-weekly, bi-weekly rankings, Drew. I wonder, if people forgotten. I wonder if people have forgotten the big tournament bagging earlier this season. Oh, yeah, fat, fat bags. <laughs> you know, Chef Boyardin's just been whipping up fat bags all year. So it's like, you know, it feels like forever ago. It, it has been 50 ago. days, 50 days. Since that sports. was like what race three of the season race two yeah, like phoenix i think or it was uh no yeah it was uh it was either auto club you did really well at auto club and the following week you did well which i think was either vegas or phoenix it was one of the two where you crushed um and like i said i've yet to, to hit my crushing um i know it will come i'm gonna make sure it's a once a year possibly more at least once a year thing um so yeah we're gonna we're gonna bank on that i'm gonna go ahead and put my word on that got to make it happen one way or another i have no doubt but um yeah yeah easy stuff but dude this is going to be crazy and the craziest thing about it i don't know how deeply you've got to take a look into the rules yet um i've read over some of this stuff i just kind of know the basics of it but when you're moving to a dfs standpoint for this you know a lot of you guys listen to this you're you're playing nascar dfs you listen to me and drew you you read our content on rotoballer every week so you you already know that we're going to have all of our stuff over there for you um and then, but, but this is going to be different because there will be no practices for these races whatsoever. Each one of the, the, the ones that have been released so far for Charlotte and Darlington will be no practices. They will be taking these cars right off the trailer and going into racing. The only race that will have qualifying will be the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And that will be on Sunday, May 24th. So, out of all of these races, only one of them has qualifying. So we're going to be looking to see a, um, either a points, point standing determine the, the field and the starting grid. Uh, and that could either be based off of the points that have been built up so far in 2020 or the 2019 points. So that's yet to be determined. But one of those two options will be. And, um, and then as far as what we're going to see after that first race, um, you know, we could see start – uh, you know starting positions based off of how people did in the race pri prior, you know, race. prior prior yeah race. and are we might see an in you know whatever the finishing spots were we might see an inversion there's so many different things i've heard some people talk about they, they want to kind of make it similar to the i racing format where they did the inverted field and the guys that finish up front have to go to the rear and if that's the case um we're, we're going to pretty much like, you know, have we'll a some uh, chalky plays. Yeah. Oh, big time. That's like when Truex gets to the back at certain tracks, you got to have him, you know, 
Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, people like that. Yeah. If they use the standings, it's going to be interesting, right? Because then you're not going to see those heavy ownerships on, you know, people qualifying far back in the field because your best right. drivers traditionally will be up towards the start. So it's going to, it's going to add some strategy. Um, and of course, if you're, if you're you know paying for our content, you're going to be in the know, but there's always elements changing, but the things we know about NASCAR is it's always going to be a lot of variance, a lot of uh, possible wrecking, but, also, uh, there's always going to be an edge in NASCAR. It's the reason why I've made the most money on NASCAR than any other sport is there's always an edge, and we're just going to have to find it. That's it. And I know that we uh, that there's no doubt that, you know, all of us putting our heads together over there can, uh, can figure that out. Um, one thing that I am excited about, though, is if we do get the point standing stuff, uh, the, the starting positions with the point standing, you know, we pretty much can tell like what drivers that are, you know, finish really well, that are good at certain tracks. We know those are going to be the guys that might lead the most laps. So in turn, it's almost like when a really good driver goes to the rear and like having one that's up front, you know, that, you know, they're probably gonna be able to stick out the laps on DraftKings. That's huge points right there at the bat. So there's ways to work it on either end. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely have more info coming out very soon. We're about to get really heavy. And also, you know, you can't forget that, uh, that you know, we still got an iRace this weekend. So I will have an article out over the weekend for the iRacing event. But um, I think that we may see DraftKings uh, pull the plug on the iRacing very soon. Um, I, I can't expect it to stick around. But if it does – they would have to look to another series, you know, but I, yeah. And I don't think there's going to be a huge demand for it because I, I already have a really, really good feeling and really strong feeling that NASCAR is about to finally get back into the spotlight in America. And there's going to be so many people that rarely watch NASCAR tuning in to this. So this, you know, this is not a time for us to drop the ball. This is a time for us to work really hard um, it's a time for all the, the big media people out there on Fox and NBC. And uh, it's time for them to really step their game up, just like it's time for us to step our game up. It's time for us as NASCAR fans to step our game up, um, you know, encouraging other people to check out our sport because we are the shining stars of the sports world right now as of, you know, May. So um, it's just, in, it's incredible. And like I said, we thought that we were going into this when whenever we were going to start Atlanta, we thought that we were getting ready for the NASCAR takeover it being the only sport that was going to stick around. And then of course it fell through, but At it's the very just, last minute. it was only yeah. the last ones to pull the plug. Yeah. Right. And, and, and just like the last ones that pull the plug, they're usually the first ones that get plugged back in. So, uh, so yeah, incredible stuff and just super excited and happy about that. So definitely again, rotoballer.com use promo code garage guys. Um, and you can use that promo code actually promo code garage. Sorry about that. Promo code garage guys, not guys. Just look at me. Just look garage. at me messing up garage guys. Come on guys. Garage promo code garage. That's the statement. Rotobar.com and be sure to subscribe to their YouTube channel as well as garage guys, fantasy sports, YouTube. Uh, I've been putting a lot of content up on there. So it's been real fun lately on the YouTube page. And uh, other news in NASCAR, Matt Kenseth has been named the driver of the Chip Ganassi 42 Chevy Camaro, which was Flashback. a huge surprise. Flashback to the past. I remember playing him in DFS a couple of years ago. And, uh, he's back. So, legend. Yeah, this man has won a championship. And the big question a lot of people had was, why not Ross Chastain? 
you know, we haven't really got a lot of answers on that yet. And I don't think they've made a lot of comments at Chip Ganassi or anything, but I'll offer my speculation. I'm sure you have an opinion on it too, Drew. And I definitely want to hear that. And, and, uh, but for me personally, it just lets me know that they did not have a lot of confidence in Ross and Ross is not somebody they want to build into the future because Ross knows getting a contract now or driving a seat is going to pretty much like if a spot, like a position like this would have been kind of like probably maybe a one-year contract at minimum, but them bringing in Kenseth and also having Kurt Busch running the one car just goes to show you that they are getting ready for a rebuild that they're really not sure what direction they want to go yet. So they're, you know, we definitely got to keep an eye on the, some of these Xfinity guys and truck guys um, to see, you know, who's going to be filling these roles going forward. Because I don't think Kenseth is going to stay around forever. No. It but, was an extremely safe pick by them, you know, just to get them through the year, right? And that's your opinion, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, they're getting through. But here's the, the crazy part about it is, is that he can actually compete for a championship as well as Ryan Newman, even after missing all he's missed. So we'll see these two guys, you know, Matt Kenseth that has won a championship, um, you know, and, and Newman, I don't think anybody suspected he wouldn't be able to. But uh, seeing Kenseth be able to do this is pretty wild. So this kind of throws a wrench into some of the plans for some of these other drivers out there. And a lot of people may be asking, like, you know, what are the implications of this going to be like knowing that somebody that's done this and is in pretty decent equipment, I would say, um, is going to have a shot at, at getting to the chase and, and forward. So mm. it would be wild, man. Yeah, I'm not as optimistic as you are. He's, a, he's borderline for me. I don't know if I quite believe in him that much, but uh, we'll see. It's just a, no, another, another uh, monkey wrench toss into the barrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Way. I also think, you know, as you're talking about them possibly rebuilding with a new young team and looking for other people, I'm, inter- I'm interested to see if they throw a lot of money somewhere and say, like, hey, instead of, like, building through Xfinity or building through truck or finding that young guy, that next young guy, maybe they go steal somebody. So I don't know if you have any names in mind, but I can see that possibly be in the case where they try to go after a, an established person. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, Keselowski is going to be coming up uh, very soon for, you know, his role. We got to wait and see what Jimmy Johnson's going to do, if he's going to retire or if he's going to stick it out another year because of how things went this year. So that's, you know, that's another thing we got to look at. We know that. Blaney uh, extended, right? He already signed his extension this, this, yes. like two months ago. Yeah, Blaney's there. Logano's there. Keselowski is the, the wild card in the bunch right now. And, you know, it's been on record that, that, uh, that, that Hendrick has came out and said himself that if he ever is in a position to get Keselowski, he's not going to let him slip away. So, and that was supposed to be next year, but now you're saying possibly Jimmy Johnson might do another year because of the whole coronavirus thing, right? That is, it is a possibility. So it's going to be interesting to see how Rick Kendrick plays that out. Um, if they do say, you know, okay, well, you can either re-sign with Penske or you can go to somewhere else because you're not just going to cut Jimmy Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. no way in hell you're cutting Jimmy Johnson. So, yeah, it's it's uh, – like I said, it's just it's. I think it's still kind of mind blowing that we're we're already back to NASCAR racing, even though the fans can't be there. It sucks, um, but you know we're gonna get to be watching this. And like I said, I got We got to figure out about media, man. I would uh, if we if there's any way possible we can get to some of these races, keep our six feet distance. Um, you no, damn sure know that I'm that I'm 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 not gonna be holding my six feet distance. Maybe to maybe to other people, but when it comes to me and you, we're gonna be uh, we're not oh, yeah. gonna be six. We're gonna be we're going to be expressing ourselves if somebody gets in a wreck or if somebody 
you know, does something worth a, worth a high five, I'm not going to be holding back. So I, f- I feel you on that. We just have to make sure that like everything's good. We should also shoot the music, vi- uh, rebooted music video for uh, six feet from the edge by Creed <laughs> while we're there. So we can just walk around just like in the garages, pissing drivers off, like get the fuck out of here. Just like, hold me now. I'm six feet. And it's like show like a measuring stick. Like see I can already see one. Bobby. Bobby Parker is just looking at us weird when we're like chest bumping over a wreck or something going on, some drama. Yeah, like, I, I don't you? recall doing a show with those guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, garage guys? Uh, sorry. <laughs> can you just get back down to typing? That what, would be your, what, what were your names again? What? Yeah. what, what were, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Ha, 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 ha. But yeah, old Bobby P. We love him. Um, but yeah, that uh, that is all about the NASCAR stuff that's happening, and uh, can't wait for you guys to listen to this. Uh, if you don't really watch NASCAR, you listen to our show. How does that work for number one? And for number two, excited for you as well. Um, definitely be hitting us up and and, and interacting with us online. Uh, we're just as excited as you. Uh, if you're a big NASCAR fan, I, I guarantee it. Promise you, uh, we're all hype over here, baby. So it's just good to uh, good to have sports back in in some way, shape, or form. And I get to itch those betting urges that I have. So I have a lot of betting urges recently. So I'm ready to get back in the sauce. And football. Let's go talk NFL. The, really the only thing that people are talking about right now is Andy Dalton being cut by the Bengals. Pretty sure we all saw this coming. And now after a week of people like saying, oh, well, I guess Jared Stidham's the guy and Bill Belichick knows his guy and he knows his man. He's got his man. Now all of a sudden, like everybody has just flip-flopped harder than uh, John Kerry did in the like 04 election. And now they're like, Andy Dalton's going to the Patriots. I need, I need information on this and I need your thoughts on whether Bill Belichick would actually bring someone like Dalton to the Pats. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying about people flip-flopping, but on the same, you know, another argument would be that this just kind of answers why they possibly weren't drafting a QB or putting so much emphasis on drafting QBs because they figured they were going to ride out Stidham and possibly signing Cam Newton or Andy Dalton. I never thought Cam Newton was really a, a fit for, for Belichick, so I could see Andy Dalton coming in and them trying to maintain their stellar defense from last year and seeing what they can do with Dalton. Um, but – you know, my, my preference and what I think is likely is, is Stidham is the QB. And if they do bring Dalton in, I think we'll see a um, – like, an, you know how it is, like an old school, hey, we're not going to name a QB, a starting QB until like preseason week four. You know what I mean? Right. I could definitely see that be the case. I don't really think either one of those guys is going to be like an automatic starter just because we don't know. It's uncharted territory with Stidham. And then, in a sense, you know, like Andy Dalton's a set – franchise records for the Bengals in like every category but it's the Bengals and you know they never really had a winner there they just had some average teams a couple of teams that made the playoffs but um overall man I just I just think it's never like neither one of these guys might you know might not be the answer I think I think the reason why you're going to see Patriots fans come out and say like they hope Stidham starts is because with Stidham at least you feel like maybe there's a chance he could be great whereas with Andy Dalton you kind of feel like you know what you're getting I mean, right. that's, my, that's my stance. Like, he, he can win some games, but do you really think you're going to be able to push for Super Bowl with Andy Dalton? It's kind of hard to, hard to, to fight on that. Right. I, dude, I'm, I'm with you on that 100% because, like you're saying, you know, with, with Stidham, we haven't really seen anything out of it. And, 
And there is that hope factor there because, you know, every, you know, if you're a Pats fan, you trust Belichick with your life. So, you know, if, if he's, you know, not, if they're not going after Dalton or Cam, you know, I, I, I don't think Belichick's dumb enough to like, if he can get someone cheap enough, I don't think that he would pass that up just to have that, you know, extra, um, you know, security and confidence. So, I mean, I could see Dalton going to the Pats for maybe that reason, but, you know, I could also definitely see like them making a sweat it out, like you're saying, the old school stuff, you know, and, and figuring out who's it going to be. You know, we might – what if we're seeing great things out of Stidham and then we're seeing good things out of Dalton as well. And, and you notice that I said great out of Stidham and good out of Dalton because I don't yeah, think any Dalton is great. But, uh, yeah. yeah, anytime I can see like a, somebody new that can take over a, a team, especially a Belichick team, I mean, yeah, I'm rooting for him. I want him to do well. And, and that just further proves that Belichick knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, I, I would think that Andy Dalton is somebody that can come in and like learn the McDaniels and Belichick system. I would think that he's somebody that can do that. Um, but I'm hoping that it's Stidham. And then like if they go 0-3 at the gate, maybe you go to Andy Dalton. That's kind of what I – that's where I'm leaning. Right. Do you have a wild boy theory for Andy Dalton um, of, like, just something kind of, like, out of the norm of, like, a landing spot for him? What's your wild boy theory for Dalton? So, it would have been the Bears, but since they, they took some other moves, um, I'm not sure who that team would be now just because they – almost every team now seems to have an established starter – um, maybe that maybe the Chargers would be like a wild boy theory if you if you don't think that Tyrod Taylor's the answer and you don't think they want to start the rookie you know like maybe they'll they'll go with somebody like Andy Dalton but I really don't see that either I think it's a I think it's a Patriots or Jaguars or um, just like a if it's not the, if it's not the Patriots or Jaguars I can really see him going somewhere like the Steelers where he backs up Big Ben and and if Big Ben gets injured then you just you just throw him in there. Now you're talking my language. Um, I, you know, my wild boy theory obviously stays in the AFC North. Um, I did think about the Steelers, but then I also thought about Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and, you know, kind of like, you know, they're, uh, they, they, I guess they're trying to like say like, you know, you guys are the backup and the, leave it that way. But one for me was the Browns and that would kind of be like a media they would it would be it would be them trying to spark like a media fiasco, like two like huge rivaled teams, and then you have like Dalton leaving. He gets cut from the Bengals, and the Browns sign him as like a backup to Baker Mayfield because like we have seen Baker struggle, and then like what if like Dalton comes in and shines with the Browns like, and he's automatically thrown into Landry and OBJ and Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. And then we saw just some crazy shit go down. And then, like, the Bengals-Browns rivalry got so big. And, you know, like, Dalton's going against Burrow. That's my wild boy theory. That would be – I think that that would be a little more realistic, but at the same time still a wild boy theory. Yeah, both are wild. Um, but, I mean, I mean, I agree with you. Like, if, if Baker Mayfield's not producing with this offense next year – early through the season. I mean, there no doubt in my mind that the Browns have one of the best offenses um, talent-wise, talent-wise in the league. So, I don't know what else, you know, you want to see from him, but he had a decent first year, rookie season. Last year was pretty crap. Um, so, I, I think that that's not the wildest theory. It's not, you've had crazier theories on this podcast, that's for sure. That's what's crazy about this is that, like, <laughs> I actually put a lot of thought into this today. Like, I thought about this for, like, a solid 45 minutes. Normally, I'll just be like, that'd be cool. Wild boy theory. I, 
I can see Mike Tomlin doing it too. Like, I, I don't think that's crazy either because I don't think they're. He knows the he hits. knows the Bengals. I mean, it's yeah. like I mean, I mean, I know things are going to change now. Obviously, with Burrow coming in, so it's going to be kind of different, and we'll see how Zach Taylor rewrites rewrites that story. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like Dalton's just you know Dalton's shown like little bits of that he is a good quarterback. I've never seen greatness out of him, but like you know he's shown that he can like carry a team. And that he can get some jobs done when he needs to. I Carry just think, a little aggressive, but I but I see what you're saying. Yeah, maybe like you know, just get the job done when it there needs to be done. There, there we go. go. Yeah, get the job done with Marvin Lewis. There you go. <laughs> they um, kind of so, each other in a weird way, like both yeah. just like uh, average, you know. Yeah, like two guys you would see like at a Starbucks, like not looking at each other but talking to each other. Yeah, maybe Jeff Fisher's there, like Andy Dalton, Jeff Fisher. Maybe that'd be a good pairing. Oh, dude, Jeff Fisher's definitely there, like in the corner, like spying <laughs> on them with his dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like in ragged clothes that probably got from Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Just, he's just like, chilling. they'll never know it's me. And then he goes up to the counter, and they're like, "That'll be eight dollars." He's like, "But I'm Jeff Fisher," and he's like, "Fuck, I blew my cover." That would be Jeff. That would like happen. Try- there's like a slow run, like a slow trot off. Like as he runs away, it's like can't let him see me. That's one of the most beautiful things he does too. Like <laughs> they, that's that that is, that that little run. Like right now, like everywhere I go, like, like tunnel. It, yeah, yeah, I gotta have that little that little strut. You know, I want like the um, it's like a little bit of Andy Reid, and like a little bit of like uh, I don't know, a little bit of Sean Payton and Andy Reid mixed together, a little strut. Like that's Jeff Fisher. Oh no, we need him back in the league. I know I miss I miss Jeffrey Jeffrey Fisher, love you, bud. Um, but yeah, that's that's our sports updates. And of course, you know that you can follow us at GGFS Podcast. We uh, anytime we get some breaking news updates, some fantasy stuff to talk about, we're going to be tweeting it there, and then we'll be tweeting it, you know, on our personal accounts as well at Chef Boardeen and at Garage Guy Chase. So we got you covered, baby. Website website is uh is coming as well. So I got a blog post up and um. And we've been hard at work, and we're still putting pieces together. We're under construction still, but uh, everything's coming along really nicely with our uh, expansion. And uh, I couldn't be happier for for where we're at and the time that we're in, and for the things that are happening. Like uh, we've just been incredibly blessed, and a lot of that goes um, in part to you guys that are listening to this. Because without you, like we say all the time, you know, we we wouldn't really have anyone to talk to. We'd just be two lonely fuckers talking about sports. So. Yeah, I think um, just to, to add on to your point, I think last month was our second highest month in terms of listenership. So shout out to to, to the fans. Yeah. Shout out to you guys listening to this because yeah. it's uh it's 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 going really well and we're just gonna keep growing. So definitely, please, if you're listening to this right now, which you should be, because why else would you be playing this other than to listen to it? Don't really know how that ends or where my mind was going at that point but let's go ahead and be realistic you need to go and tell everyone you know to follow garage guys fantasy sports sub our youtube account and rate review and subscribe this podcast that's all i that's all i can ask for you drew chef Chef boy is there anything you can ask them that's it show us a little love on twitter if you don't mind too but uh that's it that's it for sure all right so you ready you ready to dance Let's dance. Sunday's become one of my favorite days. We got Westworld and we have to dance. Yeah, like the only thing they're missing at this point is just like, like, like what if they would have started off the show, like the trailer with like Garth Brooks, the dance <laughs> on the last dance. <laughs> and then like we had a special appearance from Chris Gaines. 
you're having a, that's a big ask because, you know, for me, I just want them to be different times. Like I want Westworld to start earlier. I want the last, you know, I want one of the two to start earlier, but you, you're, you're shooting for the stars there. Yeah, that would be, that would be huge. That'd be really huge. <laughs> and now, now I'm sitting here like questioning myself because I always get like two country singers like mixed up. There's like Uh-oh. Garth Brooks and then there's another one. Oh, George Strait. Yeah, so I said the right one. We're good. Country's not my strong suit, but I do know okay. I do know that we used to listen to a lot of Garth Brooks at the LSU tailgates. You know, operator, yeah. won't you put me on through? But let's not let's not get there. We're not talking about Shaq. Talking Don't about we have a Westworld season finale coming up? Yeah, so that's going to be on Monday's episode, episode 159. Um, we're going to be – that. we might just like – have a full episode. Yeah, just cancel sports and just become a full-on Westworld podcast for the last episode because I'm sure that there's going to be some wild shit going on. But um, we will be dedicating our Thursdays for the foreseeable future to talking about The Last Dance as our television uh, garage shows or garage flicks or an unnamed segment that you can name yourself if you just tweet at us and say, you should call it this. The first person that does that – that is, that does that will uh will automatically get to name the segment. Watch it be nothing to do with television shows. Probably said I can see that. Yeah, that's our followers. That's our that's our fans. We love you, Crash fan. But yeah, let's uh let's go into three and four. Uh, you had said earlier in the show that I probably loved it, and I did because we both know, and most of you guys listening to this that follow me on Twitter, um saw where I talked about how I knew who Dennis Rodman was before I knew who Michael Jordan was. And that was like unbelievable to you. But uh, some, some developments have happened this past week. So of course we didn't get to watch the premiere, you know, with the rest of the world of episode three and four on ESPN. But when we did catch up, I was catching up and I had happened to be on the phone with my mom or something whenever, um, the the show was playing and like you know it was it just started episode four and it was carmen Electra was talking about like dennis rodman and then like my mom she was like are you watching something about dennis rodman and i was like yeah and like i shit you not i could not remember this and i didn't really know why and then like it all clicked and it all came into play i remembered exactly where i was as a kid exactly why i started liking dennis rodman and it's a long story and there's a lot of things attached to it but my mom basically was just like Dennis Rodman is hot and no, she didn't. My mom. Yes. My mom thinks Dennis Rodman was like a hot dude. Like my mom was all about some Dennis Rodman. Um, he did well. We yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got my mom, he got my mom, you know, hot. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. I mean, Carmen it, Electra plus your mom. That's a, that's a lethal combo. That's yeah, bro. Like, I mean, dude, if I, I'll be honest with you, if, if my mom would ever have been hanging out with Carmen Electra at any point in my life, she would have either caught me beating off to her in the bathroom or she would have had me actually try to make a move on her because I don't think that I could. I'm I'm glad this didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Either, either way it would have went like it would have been really bad for her because I was a minor either way I would have won, but you know, so it was kind of a win-win in that situation. You know, I could have just like held it. 
you're right. There's no downside to this. Yeah. But luckily that, that wasn't the life I lived. We didn't hang out with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra and Madonna, but my mom, yeah, my mom thought that. So that, I think that like remembering back to like those days, like I remember like he was always on TV. My mom would be talking about him and then like my dad hated him. So like, obviously like I just like started like fanboying over him and being like, oh, that's my, that's my player. That's my dude, this and that. And it just kind of stuck. And then once I watched his game and how he played and I learned about him and then just learning about him as a person, like, I don't know, like, I mean, he did a lot of fucked up shit, but later on in his life, you know, we saw a lot of stuff, you know, his hall of fame speech, you know, he owns up to a lot of things he did. And I don't know, he's just kind of an inspiration in a way to me. So episode three, starting out going, you know, into around Dennis, it was, uh, it was really awesome. You know, I love the 30 for 30 uh, for better or worse with Dennis Rodman. It's one of my favorites. So it was kind of got getting to relive a little bit of that with some new stuff tossed in there. But um, as far as the, the basketball aspect of it, uh, we, it was a lot of Pistons bulls rivalry. And I don't think a lot of people in today's time realize how gritty of a team the Pistons were in the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. You know, Obviously, Chase, we know the, the Achilles heel to LeBron, that people will always blame him for some of his early struggles and finals and playoffs, but people kind of forget about the Pistons. But they were the, the first, like, initial huge roadblock for, for Michael Jordan. But um, not to get too off topic, like, I wanted to run this by you. Um, this episode is about – these episodes are about four things to me. I'm going to see if you want to agree. Are you ready for this? Go. Dennis Rodman, easy one. Phil Jackson's greatness, Carmen Electra, and Dennis Rodman being the um, NBA leader in games with zero points and 20-plus rebounds. Yeah. Those four things. Those four things to me, like, define – like, if I had to summarize those four episodes, Phil Jackson's greatness was my favorite part of it. But Rodman, Phil Jackson's greatness, Carmen Electra was, like, the original OG of, like, hot chicks. And then – the last one would be that that statistic was just blew my mind. So that's my four things. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much. And I agree with you, dude. I agree with you 100%. All those things you said are spot on. That is what this is all circled around. And um, yeah, you hit, you hit around the head. I learned a lot about, you know, like I said, I never was like super deep into like basketball growing up. I just kind of knew Dennis Robin, the person and would see him, you know, highlights and things like that growing up as a kid. And I was more into like the culture around Dennis Rodman than I was like the actual playing. Um, and it wasn't until I was older until I learned, you know, about the actual playing style and what he was really doing and, and how important he was to the game and how much of a freak of nature he was as well. And, uh, and it's so- interesting that he started on the Pistons too. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's that that's right where I was going actually is because him starting on the Pistons was like a story that I really didn't know growing up. You know, I didn't learn about that or know about that until I watched his uh, 30 for 30 documentary just on Rodman alone. That's when I learned more about like who he really was and that's when like the 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 uh the respect and uh, you know the the liking that I had for him got even deeper was when I first got to watch that not that long ago um, a couple years ago he didn't look that wild then either no he because he wasn't he was just dude he was Dennis Rodman is literally a a guy that never really knew or got to be a kid and you know he talks a lot about his life and his 
um, you know, growing up in the type of environment that he had, not really being close with his dad and, you know, his mom not being close with her, you know, he just kind of like felt, I guess, isolated and different. And, you know, he resented his mom for kicking him out after, you know, he was getting older. And there's so much more you can watch, like about Dennis himself watching the documentary learning. But as pertaining to the last dance, you know, we saw a little glimpse of that and then him on the Pistons. And um, I thought it was hilarious, like when they got into where they were going to bring Dennis after San Antonio, they were going to bring him to Chicago and Phil Jackson made him apologize to Scotty. And I thought that that was like hilarious stuff because like, can you imagine like you're in this room, you're Dennis Rodman and you just have this bad boy image. You're coming from a team that was called the bad boys. You were a part of one of the, the, the most filthiest like NBA teams of all times. And I say filthy in a way that just like the, it, it covers all Something, aspects yeah. of the word, you know? Yep. So getting like him, him having to apologize to Scotty was funny because like, we all know how good Scotty Pippen is. So it's like, you know, you just got these three guys that are just like tremendously great athletes and in different ways and then different ways, barely talk to each other. And like, Phil's just like, we're going to bring you together one way or the other. And so he does that. And then, you know, but before Rodman and, and all that stuff kind of getting back into, you know, just Michael Jordan himself and Phil Jackson, you know, kind of like coming into the league or whatever. Like when you start looking back, it's when they were get, trying to get over those roadblocks. I think it was uh, Ken Burns was their coach at that time, correct? And they got him to the Eastern. Uh, That's Doug Collins. Doug Collins. Okay, not Kim Burns. But he, Doug Collins also a goat. I love that guy. He's great. And yeah. I don't know if you caught him, like how much him and Jordan were close and tight. They had that one scene where Jordan like literally like kissed him on camera. They, uh, I don't know if you saw that. Did you catch that? Like where Doug Collins literally like kissed him on like the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw that part. Yeah, I did see that part. But um, see what's interesting. I don't, like. Sorry, I'm going basketball mode here, but. What was really interesting was Doug Collins designed his whole offense around Michael Jordan playing isolation and scoring. And when Phil Jackson came in, they, they you know, they, they built in the triangle offense, which was Michael Jordan becoming a passer, like being right. able to pass and score. Obviously, everyone knew he could score, but that's when we saw the Bulls, you know, go from being a team that was getting stopped at the in the playoffs or in the Eastern Conference Finals to to, you know, that next level was with Phil Jackson in that triangle offense. Right. And was it, um, I, and I might be getting this wrong, but was, uh, was the name, uh, it was Tex winner, right. That was, that was kind of like behind this whole triangle offense and basketball, um, you know, where they, they, he got with Phil Jackson and they really started exploring that. And Doug was just like, no, no way. We're not doing this because like, and they made really good points about that because like, eventually defenses are going to catch on how to stop Michael Jordan because if it's only Michael Jordan, then they just shut down Michael Jordan and then there's nothing else going on. Like the Pistons did. Yeah. Yeah. Fouling him and, you know, getting physical on the court like they did, they would hit you or whatever. I thought that was one of the most awesome moments of that documentary too, seeing how fueled by, uh, by the want to win Michael Jordan was that he just like literally the only reason why he got into the gym and got built was to beat him like yeah. to beat the Pistons and he had an entire season ahead of him so that just lets you know where his head was at he's like I know I'm gonna get there and he like, was like making his teammates like not go on vacations and stuff that was so funny like yeah yeah, yeah. 
Like he's like, you know, we're, we're here. We got to stay here. So like you can never question the ethic, the work ethic that Michael Jordan had and the desire to be great because he even says it himself, you know, he wanted to carve out his place just like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And all he needed was that championship to do that. You know, and hearing all the other players, you know, that were a part of this documentary, mostly some of the Pistons guys, um, you know, I, I didn't know how big him and Isaiah Thomas hated each other, which I thought was hilarious because to this day you can still sell them. You can tell that Michael hates him. And um, but like hearing them say, like, you know, if he got into the air, there was no stopping him. You know, this airman's the perfect name for him. Jump man, whatever. Like if he's in the air, you can't stop Michael. Like it's over. So you have to keep him on the ground. And that was their main thing that they did. But, um, you know, looking at uh, whenever Doug Collins left, the building like literally they got him all the way to the eastern conference championship game and then they just fire him because he won't do what uh i can't think of the guy's name i know it's right on the tip of my tongue text winner not text winner um jerry Krause. Uh, um yeah. so you know jerry was just like i'm gonna trust Tex and i'm gonna trust you know phil phil knew that if he got good with jerry then you know obviously they had a close relationship that he would be able to get there but it's like you know, that, that was the best thing that ever happened. And, and learning about Phil Jackson in episode four was, was amazing too. Um, but, you know, going through that whole episode three, you know, it was definitely circled around Rodman, definitely circled around his stuff and his, him, you know, com- almost committing suicide with the Pistons and then going to San Antonio. Um, and that's when we got to see Dennis Rodman really become Dennis Rodman. The one um, we all know now or the one right. that we knew then, you know. He, he reinvented himself. And – um, he basically was just like, fuck it. I'm going to be me and I'm going to be free. And it was almost like him being in that truck that night and then finding him with that gun in his hand. It's like, it was like a second chance almost because he realized like, you know, maybe he just like created this alter ego. And that's what I really think happened is he created an alter ego for himself. And then he just didn't have an escape route for that alter ego. And I just became who he was. And, um, but you could never take away the, Dennis Rodman, the basketball player, you know, how great he was and and how just freakishly talented he was to do the things that he did. Like you were saying, you know, one of the big topics was about his rebounding and fascinated um, by that. Like he literally studied the way Jordan's ball hit the rim, you know, like everyone else is trying to figure out how to score. Right. Like the NBA, everyone's about trying to score and dribble and beat your man one-on-one offense. But his whole like thing that made him special was, he literally just always was in the right place, which you can't like, you can't teach that or coach that. There's just certain people that have those instincts and that's what Raman had. It's like a, it's like an it factor. It's intangible. Yeah. People don't, people don't really understand it, but like Dennis Rodman is a genius. Like he's smart. He is very smart. And the way that he studied the game, like you were saying, you know, you see him watching film a lot, you know, he's not like one of these showboating players that, I mean, he definitely showboated in his own ways, but I don't really think he really ever cared like about About the re yeah, well about scoring, but also about the reactions that he would get because he just was like doing him. And then they just kind of came. I really think it was just Dennis Rodman living in Dennis Rodman's world. And, and and that's what makes him so different because you got players today that will do things for attention on purpose. And that was just genuinely, it may came off like, you know, that he was wanting attention, but I think that that just genuinely was who he was. And so that's, like I said, it's just what makes him special about Dennis. And, um, you know, moving forward from there, when it gets more into episode four to me was a little bit more, um, 
you know, episode three was amazing. Don't get me wrong. We learned a lot about, you know, uh, Michael and a lot about like leading up to, you know, their first championship. But whenever they, you know, got Phil Jackson, learning about Phil Jackson and his career and the things that he is into really showed me a completely new perspective of coach because the thing that caught my attention the most was that this man was literally um, including meditation and native American um, rituals to his uh, training program for these players, which is something that is just unorthodox for uh, a team to do or just to hear about, you know what I mean? Like, and obviously nowadays meditation's a big deal and a lot of people are more into it, but, you know, back then, like getting to watch the, the clip where he was, you know, Dennis came into the room and he had all this native American stuff sitting around his room. And then Dennis, like Dennis and him bonded over that because Dennis had like, he was like, well, I have this necklace and this represents this. And, and they also say that Phil Jackson was kind of like the Rodman of his era and looking at the highlights that I saw and like that dude, for one, that dude's built like so strange. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is. Yeah. He, uh, he's a, See, this wasn't that like enlightening to me. I, I kind of knew about it, um, so this might have been a little bit bigger of a deal for you uh, than than me. But one thing that caught me by surprise was: Did you notice? I mean, I always knew that Michael Jordan loved Phil Jackson, but one thing that caught me off guard was just how like stuck Michael Jordan was on like if if Phil Jackson is not my coach, I'm out. So yeah. The Native American piece was crazy to me in its own right, but like I, I knew about it. Um, but the the part like how loyal I don't think I quite understood just how loyal these players were to were to, to Phil Jackson. Oh dude, he brought he brought them everything. It Phil Jackson and gave them so many freedoms. That's the biggest thing. Yes. Like, you know, they were you know, Phil's talking about how special it was for Michael to be able to humble himself and say, you know, that it's about the team. And that's, that's the thing that I love most about Michael Jordan is that as great as he was, and that's the same thing you can say for, like, Tom Brady, it's about the team. Like, it's about the team success. And, they under, and all great franchises and, and teams that we've seen throughout history have all had that philosophy. It's never about, you know, the I. And I think that it, there was a point where Michael felt that way. You know, because I think there was even a part in, in either three or four where he was just like something about like there's no I in team. He was like, but there is in win yeah, or something like that. Definitely. But Phil Jackson taking over and bringing in Tex Winner's, uh, you know, plays triangle. with the triangle. And then I think it was uh, – starts with a his you, – you'll probably know the player, but when they were playing and he just said you need to start feeding the ball to um, – he was the uh, white guy uh, – Started with a last thing started with a C, um, and that was in the early '90s. He was like, "You need to start feeding him the ball," and he just got so hot and was hitting threes like left and right. That's when he realized, like, "Shit, like my my team's got me." You're I don't about Paxton. Have, yeah, Paxton. That's it. Um, you know, that's when he was uh, when he realized like we got something going here, and I think that that's the moment that he realized that like, you know, Phil's got us like Phil brought something here and he's built this around 
around us and were able to really touch greatness in a way that had never been touched and a way that allowed everyone to shine in their own abilities. And then Pippen comes in and then it just gets even stronger and they have that run, you know, and we really haven't gotten into, I don't know if we're going to, I'm assuming we're going to get into the gap between the early nineties and the late nineties. I'm assuming that's going to come. That's the most frustrating part about this. And I, and I have actually like, I kind of, I'm starting to understand why they jump around so much, but the chronological order, the lack of using chronological order is a little frustrating at times because one minute you'll see Robin with Madonna on the Spurs. The next minute they're like at the year before Jordan retires. And then they're back to like when he was on the Pistons. And to me, it's like, if you're a basketball junkie like myself, I get that. And I understand like exactly what point in time they are. But I mean, 60% of people that are watching it, there's no way they're, they're able to, to jump around between the 1990 playoffs and the, you know what I mean? Like there's no way you're able to, to do that. So I feel like that's one, like if we're going to be critical of one thing, that's where I'm going to be critical is like, it's sometimes intentionally being a little bit confusing. Well, you also have to appreciate it in a way as well, because I mean, in today's time, like obviously, you know, we, we talk about one show in particular every week, which is Westworld that jumps back and forth all the time, has done that to us for but seasons. It's not, a sports documentary. it's not, it's not a sports documentary, but what way to keep you more on your toes and wanting to watch something all the way through and keeping you entertained all the way than to be out of that. There's a reason we love Westworld. And for one, you have the technology, but the storyline you know, it did, not just anybody can follow that. You know, it, there's a lot of – I don't think they look at sports documentaries for that, though. Like, I have to they don't. There. But, they don't want to be confused. They want to – like, if you're, if you're sitting down or up to watch a Michael Jordan documentary, like, you, you want to understand exactly where you are in time. And right. It, it might not be for me and you. Like, me and you, we're fine with that. We're fine with the time jumping. But to me, somebody had a little bit too much time on their hands. It was like, how can we make this, you know – I don't know. That's Entertaining. That's what happens when Disney buys a sports company. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Yeah. I do want to make a point about Steve Kerr, though, and I think you're going to like this point. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr, like, it's been, it's been very enlightening for me to watch this, this team. You talk about how Phil Jackson managed talent, how he managed personalities better than anybody, and, and Steve Kerr's on these teams, and it can't, I can't help but think, like, this has to do – like, this has to have an impact on how Steve Kerr has been able to manage the Warriors. Like, oh, facts, bro. Like, he is taking exactly what he witnessed, which is probably wilder than a Draymond Green and a Kevin Durant, right? Like, that's yeah. these guys are wilder than Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, and he's basically taken bits and pieces from his team, from this team, and he's able to manage these these players and led to three, you know, to multiple championships. So, I uh, just wanted to highlight that point because I think that's kind of going to – not many people would notice that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Kerr definitely had to take some of Phil Jackson's philosophy um, for sure. So I definitely back you up on that. And, and like I said, we, we've seen greatness out of Steve Kerr too. So it had to come from somewhere. All, all, you know, all, so a lot of things are taught in life and you know, there's definitely some people that are just have a God given talent, but even with Phil Jackson, we saw he learned that triangle system from Tex winner. And so it's just about picking up pieces of the game and, and carrying it forward. So Steve Kerr's done a great job with that. Um, you know, we, I don't feel like we've had enough Steve Kerr. I feel like we're going to get a lot more Steve Kerr as this show continues. Um, but uh, going into a couple more, like we had to definitely touch on the fiasco with Rodman whenever he went on the bender 
and Carmen Electra, Michael Jordan coming to that hotel room that morning to get him after he knew he was not going to be gone for 48 hours. And can you imagine you're Carmen Electra and the way she was talking about it was like, she was like in like a, a whole nother realm because like you're Carmen Electra, you're laying in bed with Dennis Rodman. And then Michael Jordan comes into your room to get Dennis Rodman. Like just if, if I could have just been like in there at the time, like just getting a cup of water or something just to experience that, that would have been like an, like maybe like number one all time moment of my life. <laughs> yeah, definitely a surreal moment. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, how you, I, I thought like she was just that person that's just like sitting in the corner, like not saying a word. She's just like, what is life? You know, what's going on right now? So fine though. Good God. So fine. She's um, aging well too. Good God. She, is she? Bro, I mean, you can tell she's had some work done, but it's 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 not as noticeable as other women her age. Yeah. So that's a very important thing. I can appreciate the work, big time. Um, and then c- coming towards the end of four, I mean, obviously, you know, we get to see the emotional moment when Jordan, like, getting the final, like, seeing that in live action is fucking amazing. Like seeing him hugging that trophy, you know, when they first beat the the Pistons. And uh, not when they beat the Pistons, but when they beat the Lakers, and he beat Magic Johnson, and like you know, you gotta highlight the the, the Pistons walkout too. Oh cool. yeah, dude, I was literally that was crossing my <laughs> mind as you said it. I swear to God. Um, but you know, him going to I was gonna say him going to you know shake Magic. He said like the way that worked out. Like, dude, I'm not gonna lie, I almost went into tears because of the raw emotion of Michael Jordan like that. And and then the players saying we had never seen Michael like that, like ever. And then what, what, what got me teary eyed was like when he said that like, he just went up and hugged magic Johnson, like hugged him. So weird. Like for what, for what you would expect from him, yeah, it's just but but crazy. I, I I can relate because like there's that moment of like like if you've ever been so happy in your life about something, it's like mm-hmm. even like you know it's like you have a you have kind of like a, a a mental image of how a person is. So like Michael just like thinking that like that okay, Magic's gonna receive this and and take it well, and then it just happened that way. Like obviously it didn't happen that way for the Pistons because it was to me like that is a super disrespectful move. Like if you're beaten by somebody like, I mean, they were both great teams. They should have shook hands with them, but that just goes to show that that bad boy image in Detroit, you know, that's just that, that saltiness of not winning. Like they just kind of showed their true colors of what they were. And, you know, long-term, I don't think that that's a type of team that can last. Um, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little in the middle on this because I, I do think there is merit to um, that a lot of the handshaking stuff didn't happen like every game. I think there's merit to that, but like when you have a monumental moment like this and you don't do it, it gets blown out of proportion. So like I, I definitely think it's disrespectful. I'm with you, but I also take, I, I understand like if you if you look back at some of these games that were played back in that time, they're not all like high five and hugs after a loss. Oh, no, like, dude, it was rough. So, I, I just think that, I think that this is something, this is a perfect example of something that has gotten blown up to be much bigger after the fact. Like, we are looking back at this, like, it's a much bigger deal. And, you know, Jordan's obviously, Jordan was pissed about it. Like, rightfully He's so. He's still mad. Yeah, he, like, rightfully so. But I'm just saying, I think, you know, what Isaiah Thomas said about, 
hey, like there's instances where the Celtics or where the other teams didn't, you know, there weren't handshakes in other, yeah. yeah, there weren't handshakes in other games too, but this is just one that has been pinpointed. Yeah, um, and also too, I, I do want to add like, and and correct me if I'm wrong here, but like the only way I could kind of justify this is if like it was kind of one of those like, well, fuck y'all, it's about time. Like, because they've tried to beat them for so long and then they do beat them. It's just like, do they really have to shake their hand? Cause it's like, it took y'all this long to like really surpass us. So it's like, yeah. they should have done it. They yeah. It's it. still a big moment. That's the only like little thing that I was thinking of, like trying to look at it from both sides, but still at the end of the day, anytime I've ever played sports and, and the teams that I was on, we always would make sure that we shook hands and, you can talk um, trash all the way to the very end, but what that's very it, end, you know, that's it, uh, yeah. 100%. But like, you got to respect the game at the end of it, and that's like I said, that's where the greatness comes in for, for MJ and what he does. But yeah, we uh, we stopped off, uh, you know, the Utah game, and then that's when Utah was getting good. So I know that we're probably going to get ready to start moving more into that. Um, and I, well, they could I, go backwards, I feel like they're going to keep going backwards, though. they're going to keep going jumping back and forth which is the frustrating yeah, part because we've only gotten past what the was it a 92 game the first time they won yes yeah, so, i mean they keep jumping around right i mean we've seen glimpses of the first yeah. year and all four and all four episodes we've seen glimpses of the first two seasons right so it's like who will might, they be centered around that's the question like who I, are the players like we got right we've got we've had we've had mj's gonna kind of be the basis of it all but we've had scotty we've had dennis so we've already got the first, you know, his his main the main part of the trio is out of the way. Who's next? You know, I think you're going to see them go. Uh, they'll be a, they'll probably be a Phil Jackson centered episode. Um, but you're, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of them be focused more on Jordan, and then also you might see them start being focused on some of his some of the teams he's played against, which would be cool. Like, hey, yeah. maybe maybe it's Larry Bird, maybe it's Isaiah Thomas. You know, I, I don't Utah. think they're – Yeah, I don't think they're going to go, like, multiple episodes about Pippen. Or, I mean, they're going to be involved, and they're going to have um, interview pieces where they're talking for 30 seconds, 45 seconds. But, you know, I don't know I how – I love how they pass the phone around. That's that's a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like showing showing the players the reaction of Jordan or, or, or the reaction of somebody else. And then they, right. Then, then, then they talk. It's like setting them up for, like, setting them up for a, uh, for a, um, a media line, like a credit, you know. So yeah, yeah. Catch the, the 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 news line, right, uh, dude. And the one one final thing I gotta say, this is kind of just like a bonus part that I thought was hilarious. Um, Scott, uh, can't think of his last name again, but there was a scene where Michael was on the plane and they were calling him uh, like Dennis, like Dennis Rodman Jr. or something like that. Um, let me see if I can get it. I'm gonna get. I have to get it pulled up. Um, it's about when they were game one on the plane. They were on a plane, yeah. They were on the plane, and he was like – it was uh, Scott Burrell. Um, and he had like that – like Michael like – you couldn't tell if like Michael was being funny or if he was being serious. And I think that's one thing Michael Jordan has that like is a really good quality because like after he won that championship, he kind of opened up and this cockiness kind of came out a little bit more. But like Scott Burrell's on that plane. I thought he was rolling a blunt at first, and they were just eating. And he was basically just like, oh, my mom and dad are going to see this. He was like, he's out every night. If he says he's got one girl, he's lying. He's out partying oh, every yeah, night. Yeah, I remember that and scene. He's yeah. like, my mom and dad are going to see this. Mom and dad, he's an alcoholic. <laughs> like, <laughs> he like, kept going in. 
he yeah. got dude scott got so triggered over that and they had an article that came out that's what made me think about it was like he talks the about the ex- intense exchange with michael jordan and like having to warn his wife and stuff and his wife works for like uh some media company in new york i think and she was like discussing it but it's like you know it's in the past but like to see a person like that getting so beside himself it's just like michael's just gonna keep bringing that heat because he knows he's got you like you know what i mean like anybody mm-hmm. would in that situation but i thought that was pretty funny how triggered that uh scott burrell got but um but yeah anyway the, like i said i i'm finding like a new love for like basketball just by watching this because like to me you know i've always never really had a stance on the lebron michael thing at all like you know i've, I've heard about lebron and i know a lot of people that are all team michael team lebron but i've always kind of defaulted to team michael just because i'm i'm old enough to remember the bulls and how big of an impact they had on sports in the world at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate the debate. I just don't really see how you can compare, but you know, if I had to pick, obviously I'm going Jordan just cause he has that, that killer instinct that I don't think LeBron has like in terms of scoring LeBron's always like his vision and his passing is unbelievable, but you know, I hate comparing it. It's just it's just two different games. You you watch these scenes of how they play defense, and it's not the same. It's just not the same of how they play now. So, right, it's hard to compare. It is, and and I think that uh, to me, this is what I think. Like, just kind of final statements on this before we close. Um, I think the difference between LeBron and Michael is that those you know the society we live in today, you know, social media, the way things are. Um, I think LeBron's a little more about me. Um, whereas Michael was more about the team, but that's not to say that Michael was, wasn't that way at one time, but I feel like that the, the guidance that Michael had, the team that he had around him, like, you know, the the closest thing we can say that we've seen to that is golden state. Um, LeBron's a coach killer. Yeah. yeah, There's no, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Like I don't, (laughs) that's the difference. But like there he's gotten people fired. Like, he literally – I mean, David Blatt was fired by LeBron. Um, I mean, he's just it's, – it's the LeBron show wherever he goes, whereas Michael Jordan was, you know, willing to quit and go play baseball. Maybe not baseball, but he was going to retire, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't have Phil Jackson, so. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, literally, you want to make a football comparison almost if, if we're going to try to compare the two. Michael is Tom, whereas – um, you would look at at LeBron as Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Trying to compare the personalities. Yeah, I mean that's probably your best comparison. I don't know if it's exactly accurate, but you know that's I get what you're saying. It's like Aaron Rodgers. There's just a little bit of like mystery around what his true intentions are. Like, you know, I don't yeah. know how many Aaron Rod- how many Aaron Rodgers truthers out there are like backing him for his his off the field personality and his beliefs and his, you know, his values, right? Like that's what you're saying. Where, and whereas with Michael Jordan, you know, and like Tom Brady, everybody you hear about him that plays on his team, they're like, he's the best teammate ever, best leader ever. Right. So, so that, that's, yeah. That's, that's I like the comparison that's, though. That's like, if you had to compare the, if you had to compare to football, I don't know how you could do much better than that. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of some of the things I've been thinking about. How'd you, how did you like my comparison that I put on the garage guys account uh, for Dale Earnhardt's birthday? Uh, I will will not be affiliated with tweets like that. (laughs) 
that's why i tell you like you're like yeah put this one on garage guys i'm like oh there's gonna be some things <laughs> and that was what we finally experienced that one of those things so i told you i would tell you when i, when I saw one that was more that was more of uh of me saying that he was the goat but you were stirring, you just wanted to stir some some interactions up. oh yeah you. oh yeah but then i mean obviously i got to put my favorite tweet my favorite dale earnhardt moment is obviously when he's in the movie basketball that was like like literally like how can you not like love that scene from that movie and it's a great movie by the way too i'm actually probably going to go watch that right now um since we're done so you're listening to this i've already watched basketball um drew has uh has already went and opened up his playbook to just uh relish in the in the love of phil jackson and his uh his invigoration for the game and uh accurate and now you're uh and now you're going off to finish your day and we appreciate you uh spending this time with us as always follow us at ggfs podcast at chef boyardine with an i and an r the letter r um and at garage guy chase and um go follow randy the plumber as well randy's just as much of a garage guy as we are at this point so you can follow him at randy the p-l-u-m-b e3 on twitter um and then just search him on google anywhere else and you'll find him but yeah a lot more content coming from randy and then uh, as well as us and like I said, main thing I'm looking forward to right now is uh, NASCAR getting back and this Westworld finale, dude. So it's uh, we got a lot of killer days coming up, man. It's a good time. Yeah, I think the 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 worst is behind us related to related to coronavirus. But we had a blast covering Ozark and covering sports. So um, the worst was not that bad, but we're looking forward to NASCAR and football. Yeah. It's definitely a blessing to be getting back to sports. So we couldn't we couldn't ask for more. Like that one song from the nineties that everyone sung for a short amount of time. So, <laughs> all right. Well, any, any last words? That's it. All right, you it's guys, it. it's it. You guys it's enjoy it. your day and remember to rate review and subscribe and tell at least one person about garage guys, fantasy sports today, sports party repeat. It's the garage guys. 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 The garage guys, it's 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 the garage guys. It's 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 the garage guys. It's it's the garage guys.